When I was 22, my uncle showed up at my small one-bedroom bungalow. As always, every time one of my four uncles showed up, my heart sunk. To say that BV was messed up would have been an understatement of the year. He's always been a dodgy character, but the uncle that I have the strongest relationship with out of the four. Personally, for me, the best of a bad bunch, and that's scraping the barrel. He, like the other three, was a criminal at that point, and associated with some pretty unsavory people. There was nothing new about that. None of the rest of the family have broken the law. My granddad was a long-service soldier and a hard-working family man. Likewise, Gran gave birth to nine babies, and in between those times had a very responsible PA job in London. Their five daughters, although not having easy lives and having their own personal troubles and tragedies, have all managed to grow up in the same house without breaking the law in any way, all supporting themselves and their children by maintaining, again, very good, responsible jobs whilst raising us, their children, to all, in one way or another, be high achievers and really good people with a strong moral compass. Back to BV. He had obviously been up to no good, as he was paranoid, jittery, and on edge. He was also using in a big way. I called my mom and she came around. I told BV he could stay the weekend with two conditions. No stolen goods, no drugs. He agreed a little reluctantly and settled down. Mom decided to stay too in case it went pear-shaped. And it did. The next day was Friday and my day off work. BV went out early. It was a lazy day. I was just doing a bit of tidying up. I was cleaning around a massive potted plant and, stuffed down inside of it, found a huge bag of suspect white powder, which didn't look to be for personal use, various nasty-looking weapons, and several nice-looking pieces of jewelry. I was very narked off. To say the least, after showing Mom, I left the dubious stuff where it was, as I needed time to think about what I should do. When BV got back from wherever it was he went, I asked about the items. He lied, as usual, saying that he had a job, legal of course, for an old friend, and that that was his payment. I told him straight out I didn't believe a word he told me, and that I wanted him and his stuff out first thing in the morning. The next day, Mom and I got up and noticed BV was gone. I looked for the stuff, and saw it was still there. Mom had to work that morning. She told me she would be straight home after, and I settled down for a quiet, chilled morning. Around 11am, there was a loud knock on the door, followed by someone having fun with the buzzer. As I use a wheelchair, it takes me a bit of time to get to my front door if I'm alone, so I was getting more and more annoyed by the incessant commotion. Upon opening the door, I came face to face with three of the meanest, nastiest and skankiest looking men I have ever seen. They all looked straight at me and because I was at a lower level, their eyes went down to meet with mine. To be fair, they all seemed surprised at my appearance. I was very small and skinny and looked more like I was 14 than 22. They all looked at each other in utter shock before I said, Hello, can I help you? 
the middle gangster, the nastiest looking one, said, Uh, we're looking for BV, sweetheart. Is he around? One of the others said, He said he was staying with a girl, my name. I was bricking inside, but the sheer audacity of my uncle made anger take over my fear and made me braver. I said, No, he's not around. He's gone and he won't be back. And that's me. I'm his niece. The three thugs looked really uncomfortable and shuffled looking at each other. I said, Well? Uh, he has something of ours. Do you know where it could be? The middle mean one asked. Yeah, I'll get it for you. Wait here. I told the three of them and shut the door on them. As I did, I heard one of them saying, Man, that's low even for BV. You see her? She's a kid in a wheelchair. When I got back with her belongings, I shoved it at the meanest one and said, When you see BV again, tell him from me if he even thinks about coming here again, I will call the police. And that goes for all of you, too. The mean one said, He had our stuff, we had to get it back. I said, still blagging, That's fine. I'm just saying what I will do. The three thugs nodded and left hurriedly. After they left, I was shaking all over. I was really scared and upset. When mom got home, I told her about the incident and she went ape. I know that at a later date, she saw her brother and threatened him with something nasty if he ever came near me or brought his criminal scumbag mates around me again, and to his due, he never has. This is a long post, but do please read. I seriously need help. I'm terrified out of my mind. So we'll start by saying that I've never believed in anything paranormal. I'm a pretty science-based dude. I always look for a logical explanation and still am from this encounter. So if anyone has any ideas, please do let me know. I don't have much time for leisure with work recently. I've been having to accept some pretty awful shifts to get by with COVID times, so I've lost my ability to go on my evening walks, which are a method of stress relief for me. It had been a while since I'd gone on one, so three nights ago I decided to just go for a late night walk. I put on my headband flashlight and decided to take a path I hadn't taken in ages. There's a small trail near the back of my neighborhood that goes around four miles deep into the woods. My plan was to walk around a mile and a half, and then take the parallel path to come back. I make it down to around 1.3 miles, according to my Fitbit, and start getting that feeling that I'm being watched. I turn off my headlight and sit still to listen. At this point, I'm more concerned that there's a guy following me who's up to no good. I heard clear footsteps in the leaves off the trails, and they've been behind me for nearly five minutes. I stopped thinking it was an animal or another walker and became worried, sitting there for probably three to four minutes, and I hear nothing at all. I turn back on my headlight and decide to start walking quickly back home. About two minutes later, I hear footsteps again. This time, it sounds different. It sounds like four feet instead of two feet walking, and it's walking at the same increased speed that I am. I turn around quickly with my headlight and phone light and point it behind me. Silence. 
I get angry and yell out, Leave me alone. I'm going to call the cops if you come at me. I have a knife. Silence. I yell again to get the hell out of here, and start walking towards where I hear the walking. About 20 yards out, hard to fully make out because the flashlight doesn't reach too far, I see what looks like a literal naked man running full speed on all fours into the woods. Normally, I'd chalk it up to drugs, but my area doesn't really have a drug problem. And there were some details that lead me to believe it wasn't a person. For one, they were damn near hairless. Completely bald, pale, white skin, and the way it ran on all fours looked natural. Not like when you try to run on all fours and look stupid. It looks like its bone structure was designed to walk like that. There was no hunched back. The back was flat and they were fast. Last thing that happened was straight out of a horror movie. I hadn't heard anything in a while on my way back, but I kept turning around to be sure. With about 0.3 miles left to go until I was in the clear, I heard a mad dash through the leaves. I whip around, and it stops on a dime. I see the edges of its head behind a tree and yell loudly to try and intimidate it. What I heard next, I'll never forget my entire life. It cackled like a monkey. A noise I've literally only heard in nature documentaries. The tone was that of mockery. A predator having fun with me. I didn't stick around. I sprinted as fast as I possibly could back home. I would love to believe this was some prank or some rabid, bald, diseased coyote, but I got a pretty clear look at it. It wasn't. It had human feet and human hands, a human head and a human backside, but nothing else about it was human. I called the cops after and told them a man was following me, I didn't want to say it was some creature because they would think I was crazy. They didn't find anything, but they did see quite a bit of activity in the leaves and dirt, about 50 feet from where the trail was, leading far back into the woods, before it got to a large stretch of grass where no footprints were seen. So please, someone just tell me I'm crazy, or that this was some elaborate prank or a deformed man. The story is a continuation of the last one. We went back into the woods, and we saw it again. So, after some internal debate, I decided I was going to go back, because otherwise it would eat me up not knowing what this was. When I first saw it, I had zero idea of what it could be. I figured some drugged out or mentally ill man, a prankster, or a sickly deformed animal. After letting it all settle through, there's just no way of that being the case. I was trying to justify it in my mind, because I've always been a heavy skeptic of anything paranormal. I still am, to be fair, but I'm warming up to the idea that crawlers may actually exist. So, I messaged three of my buddies. I told them everything that happened in detail over text, and I asked if they'd come look with me. Them being non-believers like me, 
and also just loving adventure and spooky stuff, were more than excited to go. Two of the friends have guns, and so do I, so we all brought them. The other friend was in charge of holding two flashlights to give us some light, one being a phone flashlight so he would be ready to take a picture at a moment's notice. We waited until around 9.30pm, when it was completely dark, and headed down the same trail I did last time. My heart was pounding out of my chest, but I felt more confident having friends there. They were joking around and thought this was cool, and I tried joking back a few times, but the reality was that I was pretty nervous. We walked the full one and a half miles I had planned on walking last time, and we didn't encounter a thing. We had prepped for so long though and didn't want to give up quite yet, so we kept walking. About five to eight minutes later, at close to the two mile mark, we started hearing some noises way back in the woods. It wasn't close, but it was loud enough for us to take notice. I told my friend to turn off the flashlights for a second, and we listened. Bipedal footsteps made their way closer to us. Still far, but definitely coming our way. It sounded like they were wearing boots or something because the heaviness of the step was quite loud. That, where there were a lot of leaves, which, to be fair, is a possibility. It was off the trail, so it's all woods back there. Once the footsteps made it about 20 to 30 yards away, I called out asking if someone was there. The footsteps stopped, but only for a brief second. A second later, the bipedal footsteps turned to what sounded like something sprinting on all fours in our direction. My friend immediately turned on the flashlights, but there was nothing visible from the dense forest. At the beginning of the trail, the forest is pretty clear, but further back it gets a lot more dense, so it was hard to tell. Once he turned on the light, the footsteps stopped as well. None of my friends were talking. Now, paranormal believer or not, hearing that will scare the hell out of you. My friend unholstered his pistol and kept it by his side. He looked at me, and I could see he wasn't having a good time anymore. My friend holding the camera was visibly shaky and was darting his glance between all of us. The third friend shortly after yelled into the woods that, I see you, come out and stop screwing with us. We have guns and we will shoot. I don't want to hurt you over some dumb joke, so just come out now. We hear that sound again. I mentioned last time it sounded like a cackle. This time it was more of a yell, shriek, aggravated noise. I don't even know what to compare it to. I just know it gave me goosebumps. My friend immediately shot his gun into the woods, causing my ears to ring horribly due to me being right next to him. I couldn't hear at all, but I noticed his gaze went from the spot we heard the footsteps from over to the right of that spot, around 90 degrees. I followed his gaze, and for about half a second, I caught a glimpse of, once again, a tall, human-like figure running on all fours behind the tree. He started walking towards that direction, but my friend with the flashlight stopped him. He made a point that it was a shotgun slug. The chances he missed were slim due to the fact that the tree it was next to was covered in evidence that the shot was on target. My friend made a scary point that we hadn't considered. What if it hit it, but didn't hurt it? What if he was right? What if it took a shotgun hit and didn't even fall over? My estimate is that it was between 6 foot and 6 foot 4, 
and maybe between 140 to 165 pounds. So, if it could still run after that shot, it either didn't get hit or it was not something we wanted to mess with. We hear the cackle that I heard the first time, that mocking noise, not so much an aggravated noise this time, more so a noise that gave me the impression it was having fun, or enjoying the fear that we blatantly had in our voices. No more footsteps, but my friend shot in its general direction again. Ears ringing again, I couldn't hear anything, but I did see a small glimpse again of it running off deeper into the woods. I could only see its rear for a second or two before it was too far to be seen by the light. This meant it had to be running pretty fast. I don't want to give a number, but if I had to guess, it was easily around 20 miles per hour or so. Nothing a human could do on all fours, that's for damn sure. We turned around and jogged back home. Upon getting home, we talked about what we saw. Nobody was disputing my story now. We had all seen it. We talked all night. I showed them some of the comments on my last post where they suggested a crawler. We read a lot of posts here, and some of them matched our experience, some didn't. But we did all agree that if this was paranormal, that a crawler was the best guess we had. Now, we're all on the same page. I still don't know if we buy into the paranormal claims, but this one is starting to convince us. We realized at the end we hadn't even looked for pictures. We asked my friend with the phone, and he shyly admitted that he hadn't even thought to take a single picture. I'm not gonna lie, guys. I was so terrified I didn't even open the camera app a single time. I was just trying to make sure it wasn't behind us or charging us. I'm sorry. We told him not to worry. None of us would have been any better about being calm enough to set up a picture. I never saw its face still, but the friend who took the shot swears it didn't have one, or at least it had no eyes. He couldn't see if it had a mouth, but it was about a third out from behind the tree, and from his angle he saw, it was blank from the nose area up. Or if it did have eyes, it was too black to be noticeable in the dark. We did all come to a decision, though. We're going to go back. We'll be more prepared next time. We'll do our research. We'll have a camera strapped to us, always recording. We know what to expect, so we'll be more calm. Any other tips or advice, please do let me know. We'd really like to capture some full evidence of this thing. I didn't meet my biological father until I was nine. By the age of twelve, my father had returned to Virginia from Florida with his new family. Some time passes, and I wanted to live with him. My mother would allow me to move in with him if he agreed to give her $900, and that's what he did. Looking back, sometimes, I feel as if my mother sold me. We jump forward in time to a year later. My father's wife at the time, who we shared the name Heather, had taken a trip to Chicago to visit her children that lived there with their father, which left my father, my little brother, and myself in the house. That very last night, before she returned, we all watched a movie in the living room, and I fell asleep on the floor. I woke up in the middle of the night to my father's hands, where they shouldn't be. I was shocked. 
I jumped and he rolled over and began to snore. I waited a while and then slipped upstairs into my room. I just remember staring at the door all night. I awoke in the morning to screaming and arguing between the two. My father burst into my room and tells me to pack my things because we're leaving. I couldn't believe it. I felt like I was dreaming. And that began the long road of eight years of drug-filled abuse and homelessness. He would tell others that he was raising his wife. I would pray for a way out. Any way out. I often prayed that I would just OD, so I didn't have to suffer anymore. Then, one night we had enough cash for a hotel room and heroin, and my father was cooking up the drugs to inject me with when there was a knock at the door. It was five DEA agents. <laughs> they arrested him. For many years, I suffered in silence with the abuse of my addiction, my complex PTSD, my suicidal thoughts. But a darkness like that will destroy you from the inside. It can't be pushed down or hidden away. Then, one morning, I woke up and I decided to contact law enforcement. For the next two and a half years, I was interviewed for hours on end, reliving every moment. My father admitted his guilt and is serving only ten years for something that has altered and changed the very fabric of my being. After court was over and some documents were released to me, I was able to read witness statements. People knew what he was doing to me and they did nothing. She's no angel, someone said. I was 13 years old. I've been made fun of for what happened to me. I was blamed, called a liar. My father's side of the family wanted nothing to do with me, so... If you ever have a gut feeling that something is not right, don't be afraid to speak up. And if you've walked the same road as I, you are not alone. It feels good to bear my soul and the darkness within that I battle every day. I moved from Idaho to Alaska about two months ago, and already I've experienced something I never thought I would ever experience. After taking a week to recover from a five-day trek across Canada on the Alaska Highway, I decided I was going to get out and explore the wilderness of my new home state, and try to catch a glimpse of the wildlife, such as moose or bears. The house I'm renting is on the outskirts of the nearest town, so I basically live right in the middle of the forest and have access to miles of dense woods. I still don't know what I'd been thinking when I decided to go into the woods without anything but my phone, which, at the time, didn't get service in Alaska and some earbuds. I began by running at a medium pace into the woods, hopping over bushes and branches while jamming out to some shaky graves. I'd probably gone through about five songs when my shoelace got hooked on a fallen tree, and I was thrown into the ground face first. I immediately got back up, swore out of irritation, and began to put my earbuds back in when I realized I had no idea where I was. At some point, I'd lost my sense of direction and had only but a faint idea as to which direction I had come from. I started to run the way I thought I had come from, when I began to panic and second-guess myself, 
when I realized I should have come out into my backyard ages ago. I didn't want to panic, because I knew that it would make everything worse if I did, and I started to try and pinpoint the right direction. Of course, I eventually realized that I was hopelessly and utterly lost without the slightest indication of which way would bring me to some sort of civilization. After a few brief moments of cursing and groaning, I decided to follow my gut and go the direction in which I thought would possibly lead me home. I started running at full speed, hoping to break the tree line in a matter of minutes, when something on the ground caught my eye. It was a backpack. I stopped instantly and looked around for a person or campsite, but there was nothing I could see from the spot I was at, which was situated at the bottom of a small hill. The bag looked as if it had been abandoned for a few days at least, but was slightly damp from the rain earlier that morning. I knelt down and picked up the bag, resting it against my knees. It had a heavy weight to it when I moved it, so I know there was something inside. Looking back now, I remember the dark feeling I had in my chest right before I unzipped the main part of the backpack. Inside, there were bags of what I immediately knew was an assortment of illegal drugs and items used to administer them. I quickly stood up and took a step back. I had such a powerful feeling of dread that I felt like I was in imminent danger. I just wanted to get out of there and find my way home, so I started to run again up to the top of the hill. I was hit with a wave of excitement when I saw a house at the bottom that was buried in the trees. I'd begun to make a start for it, when something in my head told me to stop. The thought entered my mind that what I had just discovered was awfully close to this house. I wanted so badly to be out of the woods and find some sort of civilization, but something told me that it wasn't safe. I ran away from the house along the tree line, hoping that I would possibly stumble upon another house. After about 10 to 15 minutes, I stumbled into a neighborhood of sorts and asked a man working in his yard for directions. He was kind enough to drive me home and assure me that everybody gets lost in Alaska at some point. As soon as I got home, I showered, chugged some water, and then immediately called the police to report what I had seen. However, due to the fact that I had no idea where I was, I couldn't tell them where to find the drugs or where the house was, so my report was basically useless. I just would have felt guilty if I hadn't at least said something. I've driven all over the area down different roads, trying to find the house, but I never have. It's probably for the best, though, because I don't want to get caught up in something I shouldn't be. I'm glad I listened to my gut and kept running from that house because people in possession of such a large amount of illegal drugs can be extremely dangerous. Hey there, friends. I hope you all enjoyed this very interesting collection of true stories. Um, kind of a grab bag. That was by design. I had some stories that weren't really fitting with other ones, so I wanted to get them together into one little collection here. I hope you guys liked it. If so, please, consider joining the Nevermore. 
To do so, all you have to do is hit that subscribe button, the bell icon next to it. That makes you part of the Nevermore. You can also support the Nevermore by going to any of my social media pages as well as my webpage or supporting me through Patreon or Coffee. All of this optional, all of it appreciated. One more time, I just want to say I love every single one of you. You're all amazing, folks. Never forget that. Head up, chin up, whatever you want to say. Just, I love you, okay? That's all. I'll see you on the next video, but until then, sleep well. Thank you.